You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9, exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood and a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the hosts, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's Peanut Butter and Jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda. Uh, we got to stop that looping before we put the intro on. Um, hi, my name is Jordy, and I am the uh, uh, one of the co-hosts of Peanut Butter and Jams. Brenda is running a little bit late, um, so it's we're going to start out with just me, and hopefully she'll be joining us a little bit later. Um, we've got uh, a great song, a great uh, show coming up for you. Um, Brenda did a review of the Rumpus Room um, with a new correspondent, CJ who will be working, uh, who, who interviews her for the piece. Um, and she also did some investigation into the state of buying a turkey. Um, there may be some turducken, as Ryan mentioned in the previous uh, show. So if you are interested in that, that will be coming up soon, too. Uh, there will also be a segment uh, in which I discuss with some people uh, the logistics and planning involved in cooking a meal for a large group of people. Um, so if you have any large, uh, dinner slash lunch slash breakfast engagements that you are in charge of cooking, this is the show for you. Um, we, especially if it's a turkey dinner and you haven't cooked it before, cause then we got two things down. You got the turkey interview and you got the, uh, the, uh, the live conversation. Well, sorry, not live. The conversation about preparing meals for large groups of people. Um, but right now... Uh, we've got a song by Catherine Calder. Maybe you've heard of her. She plays with the new pornographers sometimes. And uh, this is off of her new solo album. And this song is called Who Are You? It's pretty great.
sunk into the sea I heard that someone said it before I don't care, I can't walk away I can't walk away in Chinatown You try to explain The government swallowed up in the squall I can't, I can't walk, walk away, away at all Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the Commercial Drive area at Audio Pile, Bone Rattle Music, High Life Records, and the People's Co-op Bookstore. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To learn more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or check us out online at citr.ca. And that was an ad, that was a uh, very lovely ad for the CITR friends of CITR card. Um, but before that was a destroyer off of the Kaput album, and Catherine called her a little bit before that. Um, so I just saw Brenda uh, walk into the studio, 
and I think she's going to be popping in in a second. But uh, we, I guess we don't have time to wait, so I'm going to go into her piece on turkeys. So if you are interested in buying a turkey, then this is an excellent piece for you to listen to. She interviews uh, one of the very excellent employees at Save on Meats. Here it is. This is Jason from Save on Meats. Jason, can you tell me a bit about uh, your job and how long you've been in this work? Um, I'm the executive chef for Mark Brand Inc. Uh, we own Save on Meats, Bonita Restaurant, The Diamond, and Timonsha Sushi. Um, I've been with Mark Brand for over a year now, and I've been cooking myself for about 11 years. It's a long time. So uh, during the holidays, people kind of go crazy buying turkeys. Yes, they do. Do you sell a lot of turkeys at your butcher shop? Yeah, we'll probably end up selling between 175 to 200 turkeys this year. That's a lot. And uh, do, where do the turkeys sold at your shop come from? Um, they come from a few different places. Um, we use uh, Rothstown Farms, and then we also use another company. Um, they are, we, uh, we're just trying to figure out what other company we're going to use right now, but all our free-range chickens come from Rothstown Farms. I know there's all these different definitions of sustainable and organic and free-range. Uh, what kind of options, and can you explain sort of what all the different options mean? Um, yeah, there's free-range, there's organic turkeys, and there's just your typical conventional turkeys. Um, we carry conventional and free-range. Um, free-range are just turkeys that have the accessibility to go outside whenever they want to, and they're feed and um their feed is not um, with any steroids or antibiotics. And with the conventional turkeys, just with the neighborhood we're in, um, we use those because of the clientele that we get in. And But we really try to focus on finding any turkey that doesn't have any steroids or antibiotics given to them. Have you been to a turkey farm ever? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so you've been to Rossland? I haven't been to Rossland before, but I've been to a few on the island. People grow turkeys and then they end up in your shop. Can you tell us a bit about the process of butchering a turkey and sort of where Save on Meats comes into the process? Well, we do a few things at Save on Meats. So we bring in a turkey that's already been butchered and cleaned, um, and we sell it like that. But then we also, um, if people want, we make turduckins for people, so that's a turkey and inside it's stuffed with a duck, a chicken, and then stuffing. And we make those ourselves, so we get whole turkeys in, whole ducks in, whole chicken, and we bone them out and we stuff them and we tie them. And then we also offer um, people the opportunity for us to cook their turkeys for them. So we brine our turkeys for about 24 to 36 hours, and then we'll cook them on our rotisserie oven. Do you think turducken is a fad? Has, it seems like the, the word turducken showed up a couple of years ago and everyone was talking about it, but uh, is it going still going strong about turducken, or do you think it's going to die off? Um, I'm not too sure. It's kind of a, it could be a fad, but it's kind of a neat thing, too. Um, we've sold quite a few. Um, in um, Thanksgiving, we probably sold five of them, and just this week, we sold three. I think people are getting geared up for the holidays and they want something different. And I think when people see it on the plate and on the center of the table, people are like, oh, that's amazing. Do you the actual butchering of the turkeys yourself at the shop? or? Yeah, we always have um, turkeys in our uh, display at the shop. 
and we also do um, smoked turkey breast, smoked turkey legs in the shop. And for the diner, we have uh, smoked turkey pot pie on the menu all the time. What else are people ordering during the holiday season in great amounts? Um, right now, we're finding a lot of smoked hams and a lot of geese. Geese. Yeah. Wow. Where do you get geese from? Um, we use a few suppliers out of Quebec for the geese. Okay. And uh, are you planning to eat turkey this holiday yourself? No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a day off to go spend at the spa or something. Oh, that sounds nice. And uh, is it really hard to manage the supply and demand of a huge turkey rush? Um, no, what we do is we take a lot of pre-orders. So people can phone up the shop or come in and ask ask us about it and we can find out what they want a free range or a conventional turkey and find out the weight they want and then we can um, set some aside for them and what we do is beginning of December we buy about 200 turkeys so we're ready for the big Christmas rush and we just won't run out we'll have enough for everybody okay and in terms of the the waste when you butcher turkey there's obviously things that don't get used what what do butcher shops do with waste um well for the fat what we do is we render down all the fat and we use it to confit things um so that's just cooking a product in its own fat or we make um tallow out of all our beef fat and with all the bones we make stock out of all the bones so we can use the stocks for sauces and soups so you get a full use out of a turkey we do we get a full use out of uh any product we bring into our butcher shop. That's great. Uh, have you ever read the story Matthew and the Midnight Turkeys? No, I haven't. It's it's a very nice book. I don't know if you have children or nieces or nephews, but it, it was one of my favorite books as a child. And, uh, yeah, if I was to walk in and and look for a turkey, is there anything I should know about buying turkeys? Um, I just When you look at it, you just want to look at the color of the skin. Um, you want it to be a nice kind of creamy color. Um, you don't want any yellow on it or anything like that. And always, if you have the chance, smell it. And what should it smell like? Just It shouldn't smell of anything, really. It should just be a nice kind of fresh aroma, I guess. Okay. And so a bad turkey smell would be? Um, you'd probably smell, it's kind of hard to explain, um, you'd probably get a little stench of, um, like if you open like a rotten garbage, kind of mm-hmm. smell that a little bit. And even if you touch your turkey, if it starts to feel sticky, then you don't want that turkey. You know that turkey's getting old. Okay. And do people come into your workplace and ask you how to cook their turkeys when they pick them up? Yeah, a lot of people ask us, oh, so we bought this turkey, how long will it take? And do you have any suggestions? And we're more than happy to tell people, oh, that turkey will take this long or you can do this and you can brine it for this long and anything that we can do to help make the customer have a better experience. Great. Savin Meats just recently reopened. How's it going? It's great. Um, It's a steady little business. Uh, We have the diner on one side and then we have the butcher shop on the other. And then it's just always a good flow of traffic and we're getting more products in the butcher shop all the time. So that's always exciting for everyone. That's great. And do you think most of your customers come from the neighborhood? Do they live and work in the area? Um, I think we get a little bit of both. We get a lot of neighborhood people, and then we get a lot of people that come down on, just on the weekend and come shop with us. 
Great. Well, that's all the questions I have, unless you, you feel like we need to be educated about something else. Thank you so much, Jason. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye. The music says it all, but we'd like to say it again. Thank you, from all of us at CITR, for your generous support during our 2011 fund drive. We just couldn't do it without you. You made a million dreams come true, and so I'm saying thank you, a million to you. Echoes from the past. Echoes from the past.
that was Aaron Reed off of his EP, Bubble Skulls. Uh, if you want to hear that, I would recommend popping into uh, Bandcamp, where you can find and buy it. Um, if you want, I believe you can also just download it for free. Um, but I don't think he'd say no if you wanted to offer him money. Um, Aaron Reed, one of the members of the Sunday service. Uh, before that, we had... Uh, Brenda's conversation with turkeys. Brenda, did you have anything to add to that? Brenda has finally joined me. Brenda is tapping her... Oh, oh, uh, something's wrong with Brenda's mic. Just a sec. Nope, nothing. Nope. Okay, um, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a song, and uh, maybe Brenda will have something to say about it after that. Uh, so this is uh, Badlands Dirty Beaches.
Hello and welcome back. You are listening to CITR 101.9 FM and this is Peanut Butter and Jams and that song was by, called Cold Criminals by Pink Mountain Tops off of their Axis, his, Steve McBean's Axis of Evil EP slash um, album, depending on your preference. Uh, we have a caller. Um, caller, I can't answer the phone right now, but if you want to call back when the next uh, recorded section is started, then I will talk to you. Uh, Brenda, are you? What did you think of that album? Uh, Brenda's not even trying to talk now. That's weird. Brenda appears to have a bit of stage fright. Um, are you sure you don't want to say anything or about about that song or the Dirty Beaches song? Um, no. Okay. Um, well, uh, it's not the best co-host strategy, but. Um, I'm going to uh, put on a uh, discussion that we had called, uh, uh, or that I, I had with um, Christine Boyle and Mel, whose last name I forget, Melly Mac is what she uh, calls herself sometimes, um, Mackenzie or something like that. Um, we were all on a camping trip with 20 people and we were all in charge of cooking meals. And um, this was the discussion we had about our uh, large meal planning, which was very, the meals were very large. What did you think about beforehand? You're like, okay, well, I'm cooking for like 20, what was it, 20, 24 people? Mm-hmm. 22. 22 people. Mm-hmm. And like, what did you, you're like, okay, what do I need to do differently from like just cooking a normal meal? Mm-hmm. Good question. <laughs> I did lunch, so it was quite a bit easier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really could just go into the store. I really did just go into the store, the cheese store, and say, I need cheese for sandwiches for about 20 people. Did you find that, like, because, like, they're professionals, they'd like, oh, well, we know exactly how much that is. Because I was sitting there estimating, like, how much cheese am I going to need for this macaroni and cheese? Uh, And then having to, like, go online and research, like... You know, like, there's, a, like, a website that has a recipe that you can just triple the recipe or mm-hmm. quadruple the recipe. Mm-hmm. It's like, how many servings do you want? And I was like, 24 servings. And it's like, you need two and a half liters of cheese. <laughs> yeah. And I had to work out what two and a half liters of cheese was. Yeah. <laughs> That's a useful tool, though, mm-hmm. I find. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, you found that... But, well, I, I really just played the... Um, uh, I don't know if you can call it the girl card in this category, but played the, like... I don't know what I'm doing card and got them to help. And um, I think that guys also don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so, it's yeah, the, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing card. So, and in the butcher shop, they were really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I there also play the I'm a vegetarian card. And, right. And then they're particularly helpful because they know I don't know anything. But you're only kind of a vegetarian. You're not. Yeah, but really. I don't know <laughs> the weight of prosciutto that a sandwich should be. Okay, fair. Um, but when I was. Getting sandwich foods for that hike we all mm-hmm. did up the chief. Right. Um, and I went into a different butcher shop to get prosciutto. They way, way oversold me on it. So they because they I took advantage of you, the, is what you're yeah, saying. That I don't know what I'm doing. Card. So you got to watch for that if, yeah, if, 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 you're, so. if you're playing that card. Because I mean, like a clever salesperson will just be like, oh, well. Uh, you definitely need this half much. this ham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I end, just ended up with a lot of prosciutto, so I'd call it win-win for yeah, everyone. Fair. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I it think was. That you, I think that you would generally get to know the 
the cheese shop or the prosciutto shop that actually sells you the right amount. Mm -hmm. The butcher you can trust. How did you do the estimation? Did you do it on your own or? Yeah, I don't generally follow recipes <laughs> and um, and uh, Mel cooked brunch. I cooked so, brunch, yeah. and um, and the brunch was a uh, assembly line of uh, breakfast burritos mm -hmm. as well as hash browns, and so I think that the key for um, cooking for twenty people, as far as I'm concerned, is. Uh, an assembly line mm -hmm. mm. and and having enough uh, diversity in the meal that people can kind of pick and choose what they want mm -hmm. mixture of colors and textures and flavors um, but most of all knowing your knowing your crowd knowing your audience so mm -hmm. I kind of had a sense of what what the people would like or not like who were coming up even though I didn't know everyone yeah. it was like you know, generally most people like cheese and burritos and, you know, people guacamole. who are guacamole, yeah. people who are going up to camp. Um, but maybe Camp's I'm wrong on guacamole. that. Guacamole? Oh, no, it was... Was there some and I didn't see it? There was just avocados. Oh, okay, that's still good. You guys both had avocados, <laughs> which I, I appreciated. Yeah, I think yeah. there are winning ingredients that you just know, and if you have enough mm. of those winning ingredients, then even a, a sandwich buffet, which seems kind of boring and easy, it wins because there's bacon, and who puts bacon in their own sandwich buffet? Or prosciutto or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. just to have a few yeah, pieces it, it, it that is really, people sandwich buffets are really great because, mm -hmm. especially, we, I think we commented on this when we were making sandwiches, when you got to that, like, when you're making a sandwich for yourself, you don't have the economics of scale available to you mm -hmm. that you do when you, like, go out for a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So... It's kind of weird to buy, like, uh, you had, was it sunflower shoots? Like, all this great stuff that, like, if you were doing it for one sandwich, you'd be like, well, I used two slices of this tomato, and now I have to find something else to do with mm -hmm. the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And the same with, like, oh, I've used, like, like one-third of that avocado and, like, mm -hmm. two pieces of prosciutto, and, and, all, and all of a sudden you're like, well, what am I going to do with all the rest of this now? Mm -hmm. You have to have all these people who are, who are able to eat at the same time as you. Otherwise, you can't make... Mm -hmm. um, you get an opportunity to have more variety than you normally mm -hmm. would if you're just cooking for yourself, if you're cooking for a large group of people. And you said something similar when we were up there about the macaroni, that mm -hmm. because we were making so much, you could get a few different cheeses and the jalapeno cheese, and it spreads out so that it's not overwhelming in a way it would be if it were smaller. That's totally true, because the macaroni recipe that I had, most of them are just like, most of the recipes that I found, anyways, when I was looking, I'm not an expert macaroni and cheese maker, um, were just like cheddar cheese because if you put, and that some of them would say a little bit of other types of cheese, but the other types of cheese would usually be in small quantities, so you'd end up with like using a third of a brick of Gruyere or something like that, and so you're like, what, where did, like, what am I going to do with the rest of it? I mean, I guess that's not a terrible thing. You <laughs> but it's expensive then it's if you're buying yeah. six different cheeses to just make yeah. yourself some macaroni. Yeah, but if you have a if you're making a really big thing of macaroni, mm -hmm. then you can put like a whole brick of mm -hmm. I think I had like gouda chili, uh, like a, a gouda with chili, and then a mm -hmm. Gruyere, and then and then a big block of cheddar on top of that to kind of be the workhorse cheese. Oh, it was mm -hmm. good. Yeah, it was I think the great good. the great thing about the macaroni was uh, knowing the environment. Like being up at camp, 
which is where we were, it kind of brings you back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And macaroni is kind of one of those meals that I would remember from childhood, and, and eating it up there was just so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the macaroni did feel like a good uh, knowing your audience choice. Yeah, yes. one thing that I, that I made a point of working out was uh, I'm really glad there's no one who's lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. in the group. And the bigger the group is, the more you have to be aware of other people's dietary yes. restraints. Um, I, there were, I, there were some vegetarians there. I can't remember who they were, but some real ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I eat fish. Fish don't have feelings. But you're also the kind of and vegetarian. Oh, bacon. I like once in a while. <laughs> on my birthday and Christmas. And that hike. And that I <laughs> and this camping trip. I didn't eat any. Oh, you didn't eat any of the camping trip. Okay. No. There were so many chips that I didn't need to. There um, were. A but lot it, of chips. I mean, it, it's it's true. I've done a lot of cooking for big camps and whatnot, and especially in our sort of progressive circles or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. them, it's uh, along the west coast pretty common to have a couple lactose intolerances and some gluten intolerances. I was intolerances shocked that there were no lactose intolerance because I was like, oh, I'd like to do macaroni and cheese. But I'm going to ask to see if anyone's lactose intolerant. And no one said anything. I was like, sweet. Mm -hmm. If they didn't say anything, that's their loss. This was actually, you're right, this was a group of, with very minimal dietary restrictions. Because, I mean, there were a couple of vegetarians that were mm -hmm. quite open uh, to trying different things once in a while. Um, kind <laughs> of vegetarian. We're both glancing at Christine uh, sideways, sideways. But I've, you know, many of my friends, and, and I've been up at weekends where we've had, you know, people with all sorts of dietary mm -hmm. um, restrictions, and we've been able to work with that. Mm -hmm. But this weekend, it was surprising mm -hmm. that, that it was quite a, uh, open in terms mm -hmm. of that. One thing I did yeah. do specifically about with the vegetarians was bring meat, but don't make it the main. Make it like yeah. a side. Yeah, that was great. We had mm -hmm. um, uh, rotisserie chicken from, uh, I think it was Safeway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing wrong with those no chickens. Those, those chickens are delicious. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's, I always appreciate as a quasi-vegetarian, mm -hmm. not having to just eat a whole bunch of side dishes. Right. And I think that's the trick when you have gluten intolerances and lactose intolerances too, that that's where the assembly line comes in really strong mm -hmm. because then everyone puts together their thing and it's not like, here's the main course and here's the main course except all the fun ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the way to do it is to assembly line it. Mm -hmm. Diversity. Um, yeah. But diversity. Di diversity in in the meal planning for this mm -hmm. weekend. I think, I mean, we didn't do much. We didn't, surprisingly, I don't know why, we didn't consult with each other mm -hmm. um, in terms of what we were cooking. That may have been some good forethought, because, like, yeah. what if you guys were making something that like was... Like if Mel did breakfast burritos and you did dinner burritos and I did lunch burritos? <laughs> that could have really easily happened. <laughs> yeah. Burritos slash tacos are really good, like, no. easy meal the to make for a large group of people. The could do nachos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The snack we, team we could did have had nachos. A... It's true. Yeah, actually, the snack team did do nachos. $150 at Superstore and chips. What?! Yes, that's I, just, more than we spent. On out of curiosity, what did, I, I didn't spend one hundred and fifty dollars. Our, our group. Did. Let's talk about cost. Yeah, let's talk about cost. Because I we spent there were six people on the dinner team, and we spent under twenty bucks each, but like something like seventeen or eighteen bucks each. I think is what it ended up being. Six of you. Yeah, 
There were five which of was, us. Which worked out to be like 122, 23 each. Yeah. Now, there were four of us, and we spent 20 each. You guys did a good job then. That economically yeah. breakfasts are the best deal. Mm-hmm. Is what we find here. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the, the key was the bag of potatoes, which was the mm-hmm. filler, the hash browns. Oh, a bag of potatoes is so store. cheap. They're like four bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My yeah. weak point. But was they weren't even russets, though. They they, they were, were russets. Uh, no, 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 they, they were, were good ones. They were, they were good red, potatoes. Red potatoes. I, I was noticing that. I was like, oh, they splurged on potatoes. But even <laughs> splurging on potatoes is still cheap. Six dollars. Yeah. Brilliant. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, my bad, my bad choice cost-wise was uh, getting lured into the pretty little cheese, fancy cheese store on Camby and 18th. I love that store. And then buying it's, it's, like although it's a it, totally oh, it wildly I used to live there, cheese. but it's a different. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it is an expensive place. And then you feel like I look stupid telling you that I can't afford this cheese, so I'm just going <laughs> to pretend like I really meant to spend $20 on cheese and we walk spent out of here with my at head. at least $20 on cheese, but it was macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, so we interrupt this uh, to play you a couple of regularly scheduled ads. Um, but if you love, hate, uh, have any suggestions for peanut butter and jams, uh, please do send us an email at peanutbutterandjams at gmail.com. All words are spelt the way they would normally be spelt in a dictionary, um, jams being plural. And uh, yeah, uh, you'll, get, you'll get back to that uh, conversation right after this. The alphabet has only 26 letters. With these 26 magic symbols, however, millions of words are written every day. Pick up your winter issue of Discorder, as the Jansember issue is packed with goodies that will warm even the coldest of cockles. Take a dip with Dixie's Death Pool, a spacey art rock collective, or read up on local outsider pop music makers, World Club. Cozy up on the couch with Filmstripped, featuring a review of Color Me Obsessed, a documentary on the replacements. And in case you missed the memo, 2012 is almost here. Check out the Discorder album picks of 2011. Don't forget to pick up your special Jansember issue of Discorder. CITR 101.9 FM and Discorder Magazine are proud to present the Fit to Print Art Show, Friday, December 16th at the Inter... Urban Gallery. Come celebrate the release of the debut album Little Skeletons by Lost Lovers Brigade and the release of Moon of Neptune by Kellarissa with special guests, shimmering stars, DJs, and more. It's all happening Friday, December 16th at the Interurban Gallery. Free art opening and reception at 8 p.m. with cover after 9 or get your advanced tickets from Red Cat Scratch or Zulu Records. The Fit to Print Art Show Friday, December 16th is proudly sponsored by CITR 101.9 FM. Surprisingly, the cheese, with the sheer amount of vegetables that we had, um, just the quantity of them, mm-hmm. um, we had a, a broccoli cauliflower side uh, with squash from Camp Firkin, which was great. I want to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Thanks, is Camp an Firkham. excellent gardener. Campfirkham.bc.ca. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can have a plug section if you want. Do you want to do plugs? <laughs> That's all the plug I need. That's all the plug. We'll say it slower. Say it slower for someone who missed it. Store. Um, Camp Firkham, uh, F I R C O M, 
.bc.ca. Yeah, if you ever want to go on a cabining weekend with a large group of people, yeah, um, excellent place to uh, get in touch with. They also rent out their site for larger groups for family reunions and work. So for groups. like 100, 100 Up people? To, yeah, the capacity is 180, I think. Oh, wow. And speaking of food, the cook at Camp Forkham is an amazing woman named uh, Annalise Coban who... Uh, went There's to a cook? culinary yes. school. Yeah, so for larger groups, she will cook in the main mess hall, dining hall area, mm-hmm. um, and she is fantastic. So, and a, a lot of uh, what Frickham is about really is food security. Mm-hmm. So if you they had very nice gardens, and they garden. pushed squash on us at the end <laughs> of the mm-hmm. well during the, for the meal. We had one very large um, squash that. There were so many different varieties. I don't actually know what kind it was, although I've seen it. I think it's called uh, a... Uh, I've seen I it at farmer's it. markets, and I've bought it before, but I can't remember the name. It was, like, green and round and kind of shaped like an acorn. Mm-hmm. But, like, a giant acorn. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But anyhow, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go... When I go to a product store next, if I if I can yeah. before this before this airs, I will find out what kind of squash it was, and, th- and I will tell you. That's dedication. Yeah. Research, <laughs> my friends. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, they they were good. It's a nice place to cook. I've cooked at a, in other kitchens as well that aren't well stocked, and so you end up, you know, you plan a meal and then you get up there and there's like no sharp knives or That is one no thing that you pan. need with a large group of people <laughs> yes. is you need to have like gi- giant pans or <laughs> giant whatever, like big bowls. pots and bowls <laughs> and like serving things, dishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, yeah, if you're if you're planning it and you don't have access to, like, mm-hmm. a camp setting where they have those sorts of dishes because they just normally feed 30 kids at a time or something, then, yeah, be aware of that. Yeah, I think it's something that's worth asking ahead of time if you're going somewhere to cook that you don't know, just asking what the supplies are like in the kitchen. And I know people who bring their own knives. It I sounds like off- a scary camping thing, but if no, you want just I, a good night. When I too. travel, I often bring my, or if I'm cooking, if I'm responsible for cooking a meal, mm-hmm. I often bring out my own knives because I don't know what's going to be there. And when people have like a cabin or like a hotel or something like that, they usually stock it with the crappiest knives they mm-hmm. can get away with. Yeah. And so you bring a nice knife. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not taking an airplane. Yes, that's true. Pack it in your suitcase. That's true. As long as, yeah. In your underwear. <laughs> yeah. As long as you won't be mistaken for a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, oh, one Food thing, one thing that, I, I know you have a good story about um, biking to pick up all the food that you were going for. Oh, for this trip. I'm putting it Christine for, yeah, for the radio I audience. I ambitiously, I don't own a car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought, you know, I, I mean, an amateur mistake, considering how much I've done this before. I had, a, like, a messenger bag and a bike pannier, and I thought, oh, I can pick it all up on my way back from errands. Um, and it was outrageous. Um, but it fit. You know, I had all the mm-hmm. bread in my back bag, and 
the meat, and I had a couple things tucked in jacket pockets. Um, <laughs> it's winter, so you can get away with that, like yeah. some mayonnaise in your jacket pocket and some mustard on the other side, and then all the veggies and stuff just piling out of my pannier. Mm-hmm. It was precarious, and I had a, n- a, another cloth bag on my shoulder with mm-hmm. more stuff in it. Was, it was how was the balancing during the the biking um, were you able to kind of balance this did you, you know, have like bags hanging off veggie. the handlebars um i just had one like a shoulder bag on the opposite side of my pannier but really it was 10 blocks and i mm. knew that i knew that you could have walked gonna be it, precarious yeah. yeah and i and i had thought about walking and then it took me too long and i was in a hurry so mm-hmm. i just dangerously biked but when, but when you're cooking that big a meal, it's much different than cooking a meal for, like, I don't know, one person. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just put it in a, in, in I don't know. Pocket. In your well, pocket. Your pocket, yeah. Well, you can put a meal in a pocket if you're yeah. only cooking for a small group of people. Yeah. But if you're cooking for, like, 20 people, you need, like, a big backpack. Yeah, there's definitely a or transportation a car or something. issue. Yeah. And then figuring out, if you know, if it's all yeah, in I your don't, backpack, how you I also don't have a car. It. So how, what, how, what did you do? I um, I had team members in the group, oh, yeah. and I was like, "You're pick- I can't pick up all this stuff, so you're picking mm-hmm. up chickens, Bruce, and you, Laura, are picking up um, broccoli and... Ca- delegation. And, yeah, yeah, delegation. A good good uh, yeah. tribute of a captain. Yeah. My problem was... is You guys had tons of cans of beans. How did you get those? Do you have a car? Well, my boyfriend had a car, and initially, because a lot of my dinner team, no, brunch team... Uh, fell out, like, uh, flaked out of the trip. So, <laughs> to put it lightly. And so, it was Are just... you listening? <laughs> yeah. Mel's brunch team? Name names. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't be cruel. So, initially, it was just actually James and I, my boyfriend, and I thought, well, I'm the captain of this brunch and, and so now Captain I get to brunch. wash around my boyfriend <laughs> he's already doing the kitchen so no he's yeah. actually generally in charge of brunch yeah. um but yeah he he drove his not so smart car uh to superstar store and we uh we picked what up. is the not so smart car is it like smart a beetle car. oh you, you said not so smart, smart yeah, oh okay so you mean Smart car, but you're making fun yeah. of him. Okay, I get it. All right. It's actually, I actually <laughs> like it. I actually like it a lot. I'm just thinking, you know, when you're picking up food for a large group of people, the smart well, there's car. There's only two of you in it. It seems fun. Yeah, you know. But it, it was better Did you have trouble fitting it in a, in a smart car? No. Okay. But once our, once our other stuff got in the smart car, it, it became a not-so-smart mm. car. But then, uh, gratefully, two other people joined our, our brunch team, Rebecca and Wade. Um... I think Allison was wise in divvying up meal teams and then just picking captains, too, Mm -hmm. in terms of delegating it from her role of doing a lot more of the organizing. Mm -hmm. For uh, the audience, Allison is Brenda, uh, my co-host's roommate. Uh, Yes. (laughs) It's a small city. Yeah. (laughs) When I was was like, who are the other captains? People were like, well, obviously Christine is a captain because she's the bossiest. Really? <laughs> that is the impression I got from, wow. from I... other people. Well, they, they said, obviously, it's... Christine. They didn't say Christine's because she's the bossiest. Bossy. She's but that was the, the subtext. I'm, I'm good. And I, she's good with preparing for I groups. I certainly have... I, I will own up to having a few food control issues. Yeah. Because I've done this before, mm-hmm. and I know how to cook, and I just think it's the worst if somebody who doesn't know what they're doing tries to feed lunch to 20 oh, that people. would be Awful. Like you need to pick. Oh yeah, if you were in charge of this, pick people who are good at yeah, cooking. Dependable. Pick your most like talented friends. Because that's if you're in the woods like and it's us. the winter. Exactly. Good yeah. job, Allison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you 
know, it's the winter, you're in the woods, like, food is the central social activity. Mm-hmm. So, if somebody's gonna just totally mess it up, then you're gonna have a whole bunch of unhappy and kind of drunk people, and you're more drunk than usual hangry. people. They'll be hangry. Hangry people. Uh, you don't want people who are hangry. No. I gotta so, say, your brunch was a little bit late. I know. I was a little hangry by the time it came around. The timing was off on our brunch. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to call you out like that. There was no other meal that day. Yeah. Right? Our boat was until four and you were the only meal. Well, that was a part of, you know, pushing it back late. Besides the sleeping in and really wanting to go for a walk. Yeah. Making brunch. But, you know... That, that, that was At least the there were there were actually Allison. I, I should give credit where credit is due. Did a good job of providing snacks, not only like daytime slash evening appropriate snacks like nachos, mm-hmm. but also having banana bread, which is an appropriate morning snack, mm-hmm. and which is very much buffering so. with yes. snacks because everyone is hungry at different times is mm-hmm. a good idea. Mm-hmm. I think that the snack team as the fourth team was a wise choice that we've not always done on these trips. I, mean, I think the snack team was a great idea, even mm-hmm. if they ended up bankrupting themselves on their nacho budget. We don't need too many chips. They had a lot of chips that they took home with them. Like, 15 bags I of believe, Doritos or I something. I believe Allison's food Just email Doritos. said... Um, me and Amy are assigning ourselves to the snack team so as to ensure that there are enough chips. And there were. There were enough chips. <laughs> There's no worries there. Like, if we had not, if we had all been like, oh, we forgot to get food for our meals. We're like, There's no dinner. There's no lunch. There's no brunch. We would have been fine. We would have been fine. We could have just eaten nachos the whole trip. squash. Yeah. Yeah. Nachos and squash. Well, they also had home-cooked banana bread and mm-hmm. some fruits, mm. which was key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a success, food-wise and in every other category in which these things can be measured. Is there any other parting advice that you guys would include for people who are preparing a meal for a large group of people? I would say if you haven't done it before, to not be too ambitious. Mm, yeah. Like to, to impress people with um, delicious ingredients. But but keep it simple. Simple recipe. Yeah. Delicious ingredients. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mel? I think, well, I think just to summarize, because I feel like we've taken uh, a lot of great points mm-hmm. and brought them together. Um, so I think that ensuring that you know your crowd, um, keeping it somewhat simple, uh, timing. Timing, yeah. <laughs> Timing. Um, uh, diversity in the the meal to ensure mm-hmm. your audience is satisfied. And um, ensuring you have enough cooks. Right. Keep it cheap, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it cheap if you can. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't blow. Get the, get the cheap chips. Yeah. They spent a lot of money on name brand chips. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I think was their downfall. I mean, if they just got the name the not name brand chips... But once they're in the oven covered in cheese, no one cares what brand it is. Mm-hmm. That's true. As long as you don't get the salt-free ones. Oh, yeah, people chips. want their sodium. Terrible idea. <laughs> well, that was a hopefully helpful conversation for planning your next meal for a large group of people. Um, thanks to Christine and Mel 
for doing that conversation with me. And um, I don't know what's up with Brenda. She has uh, taken off out of the booth. Um, I think she might be mad at either me or gotten totally mad about being on the radio. I, I don't know. I'm going to try and work out what's going on with that. Um, but in the meanwhile, you are listening to Peanut Butter and Jams on CITR 101.9 FM. And um, I've got a piece on the Rumpus Room coming up still, as well as a pairing. And uh, there is a song by a band called MasterChef, who are from Vancouver, um, part Adrian Teacher of Apollo Ghosts and part Alex Zhang, or Alex Zhang Hungtai. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, of Dirty Beaches. Um, this is from their LP, May May, and the song is called Canadian Palm.
And that was Tyrannohorse, who just uh, didn't quite win Shindig, but second place isn't too bad, unless you're a No Fear shirt. Um, so uh, they, they were my pick to win Shindig, uh, but you know, some things happen. What did you think, Brenda? Uh, Brenda's still not here. Brenda is actually not here, you know. What? Brenda hasn't been here the, <laughs> the whole has, time. The show has been a lie. What? No, that, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> sure I don't want them to know it. I don't have a co-host. <laughs> Brenda is... I don't know what she's doing. This is... Uh, ben and Brad have uh, joined me. And they've called me out for my... She has name. never been here. Brenda... Even last... I mean, Brenda's, two weeks ago, who knows if that was really her. It might not have been. <laughs> I am an excellent impressionist. And who knows if that was Tyrone Horse. That could have been somebody else, too. <laughs> now that everything is in question. Are you really Jordy? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm... I'm just a ghost. I'm actually Ben Lai. Yeah. I'm Ben Lai doing all three of these voices. I'm sorry, if, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> now you're just uh, talking to yourself, right? Do make sure that you stay stay tuned for uh, Ben Lai coming up at 9 p.m. with uh, who who's on the air? Art Me? Canyon. Art Canyon. Art Canyon. Yeah. Who will be uh, performing live in yes, studio at 10 o'clock? And uh, stereoscopic readout before that with uh, Darren. Uh, who will be doing that great job. Uh, I'm sorry. Brenda will also be joining Darren and my show. Yeah, Brenda will be on all the shows. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm sorry I lied. I just didn't know what to do without a co-host. But next week, next week I'll show her because I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be doing my very best Kevin Chong impression um, on the air. Uh, It'll be Kevin Chong, uh, writer of an excellent book about whiskey, an excellent book about Neil Young, and a very good article about Chinese food that was just nice. in the walrus recently. Um, Don't cool. you do it in two weeks or not next week? Two weeks. Sorry. You're yeah, right. It yeah. is two weeks from now. I got a text message about you not doing the show. <laughs> Actually, um, uh, uh, Mar- yeah. Well, one thing, one thing oh, I do have, I might not have Brenda in studio for real, but I do have Brenda uh, inter- being interviewed about the Rumpus Room, um, which she recently went to uh, by uh, CITR volunteer CJ. And uh, he did a very good uh, job for our first interview. And uh, let's all give that a listen. Hello, you're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams, and this is host Brenda Gruno talking to CJ. Hey, hey, hey. In the studio. And CJ's going to interview me about my experience at the Rumpus Room. All right, Brenda, give us a little lowdown on where the Rumpus Room is to begin with. The Rumpus Room is at Main and 11th. It's right beside Temple of <laughs> Modern Girl, right. which is actually a perfect combination. They, they fit really well together. So what kind of food do they serve? Well, the whole place is kind of unique. It's set up like a 70s basement. So they've got all sorts of comfort foods from the 70s. There's deep-fried pickles Whoa. and poutine and waffles with chicken on it. And all sorts of other burgers. Are we talking Canadian 70s or American 70s? Is there a difference? I'm not sure. There (laughs) are things like ice skates and, you know, tennis rackets and all those kind of things. So there's definitely some winter sports representing. Do you know the manager there? How long has the place been around? Uh, The place has been around just for a couple months, so it's quite new. What dish do you recommend to eat at the Rumpus Room? The signature dish is the fried pickles, so I would definitely recommend it. In the menu, it's listed fried pickle, 
which was kind of confusing. I wasn't sure if it was worth the the six seven dollars that it cost for a fried pickle, but it's actually a a little cup with tartar sauce and several six six fried pickles, and um, they're actually quite tasty. Sour pickles, not the sweet ones. All right. Who would you take there? Would you take your mom there? Would you take a girlfriend there? Uh, it really depends. It's a really cozy atmosphere, and there's board games there, and usually people playing vinyl records. Board games like Sellers of Catan! Yeah, like Sellers. <laughs> I think it's all 70s board games, so like Connect right. Four, Mastermind, okay. and things like that. So it's a great Boggle. place to stay, hang out. <laughs> it's not really formal, so you wouldn't go on like a formal date. Yeah. And I don't know if you take your parents there. You might want to take them to a little place that's a little more clean cut. The first time I went on the weekend and it was quite busy, so it's it's pretty, pretty loud on the weekend, but kind of perfect for going out for a drink with a friend during the week. Do they have live bands performing there? No, but they do have DJs Oh, cool! on the weekends. Anyways, so the Rumpus Room. I'll check it out. Thanks, CJ. The music says it all, but we'd like to say it again. Thank you, from all of us at CITR, for your generous support during our 2011 fund drive. We just couldn't do it without you. You made a million dreams come true, and so I'm saying thank you, a million to you. Yes, thank you. And thank you to uh, Brenda and CJ for that great piece on the Rumpus Room. And thank you, listeners, for not turning me off yet. Um, Well, unless you have, in which case, I guess I didn't thank you. Uh, But um, you are listening to Peanut Butter and Jams uh, on CITR Radio uh, 101.9 FM. And uh, so uh, every every two weeks when we do this show... We have a, uh, oh, actually, before we go on any further, I've almost forgotten. I promised that I would r- figure out what type of squash it was that we had been, that me and Christine and Mel had been talking about in the discussion for large meals that was so delicious, and I'm pretty sure it was a kabocha squash, um, which are excellent squashes. Uh, okay, now, moving on. Now, every every time we do this show, we do a pairing of events that you should be going to and uh, a way to merge your food culture desires with your music culture desires. And this week, what I would recommend doing on Saturday, um, there are two great bands playing at, uh, at the Electric Owl, um, Teen Days, uh, for a local, local guy, good, excellent musician, and uh, kind of DJ-y usually, although he's lately been doing um, some more atmospheric um, stuff. Uh, which is all very well done, kind of haunting feeling to it, uh, like feelings of wonderment and, uh, but still, but like kind of nostalgic for, nostalgic for like a retro future, if that makes sense. Um, And the he will be playing with Baths, uh, who is from California and also a very uh, good uh, electronic musician. Um, Now, 
They are playing at the Electric Owl, and one thing that's right next to the Electric Owl, which is great food-wise, is Campagnolo. And if you go, if this is an evening event, so if you've already got your ticket, if you don't, you can still try and get one. I, I don't think it's sold out. Um, get your ticket, then, or get your stamp, if uh, if it's if it's a stamping event. I, I'm not sure. Um, go to, uh, you're going to have to do some research on your own on this one, you guys. I can't do everything for you. Um, but I can tell you that if you go to Campagnolo, wait till 9.30, go there, get their peer, beer and a pizza deal. They have great pizza and they have good beer. Well, they have beer that's as good as most other places that serve beer from kegs. So, you know, it's the it's a good deal. $15 gets you a beer and uh, and a pizza. And then go step on down to the Electric Owl and see Teen Days and Baths. It will be an excellent show, and I'm going to play you a song by Teen Days uh, now off of his new EP, A Silent Planet, which is actually a very interesting EP. If you have time, go on his Bandcamp and read about it. Um, it's inspired by a C.S. Lewis novel, um, but I'm not going to I'm not going to go too far too much into it. You've heard me talk enough uh, for now. Um, I I will put this song on.
We've all been asked the age-old question, what are you doing Saturday night? This Saturday night, Saturday, December 10th, join the CITR family for a night of modern Ethiopian music. DJ Worku will be playing smooth beats to groove to, and 100% of the night's proceeds go directly to your favorite radio station, CITR. To join in the fun, come out to Axum Ethiopian Restaurant at 1279 East Hastings Street, Saturday, December 10th. Whether you're an old fan or it's all new to your ears, this will be a night to remember. That's modern Ethiopian music for a cause, Saturday, December 10th at Axum Ethiopian Restaurant. And that song I just played before that was Teen Days, and um, Teen Days will be performing on Saturday. Um, so I guess you've got a choice between the work you and the Teen Days Baths show. Um, so this has been Peanut Butter and Jams wrapping up. Um, if you are interested, we are post. Uh, if you are, um, if your friends are interested in listening to any of this stuff, um, we do podcast uh, the show. Uh, if you just go to the CITR webpage, the podcast should be popping up there. Um, shortly after the show's air, if they aren't, I will talk to Brenda about it. Um, thank you, Ben and Brad, for setting me straight. Um, I I was living a lie, and uh, just I couldn't keep doing it. Um, st- make sure you tune in in two weeks to listen to uh, Brenda and Kevin Chong and a number of other issues we, that we will talk about with more local food, more local music. And um, I'm going to leave you with a track by uh, an artist that, who will be performing on Sunday that I'm really excited to go see. And um, not something that comes through town very often. Vancouver does not always get a great chance to see rap artists. Um, Ghostface Killer will be performing at the rickshaw. And this is a song off of his album, Fish Scale, The Champ, to Let Me Go. And uh, Darren Golly will be coming up with Stereoscopic Readout. Did I pronounce your last name right? It's actually Gall. Gall. Darren Gall. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Darren. Darren will be up next with Stereoscopic Readout. And this is Ghostface Killer. This guy is a bulldozer with a wrecking ball attached. He'll leave a ring around your eye and tread marks on your back. He's an animal. He's hungry. You ain't been hungry since Supreme Clientele. Remember what you first told me when I took you in. You wanted to be a yeah. fighter. You wanted to be a killer. You wanted to up. be the champ. Scott, you boy in the booth, nigga. About to take it off with this Godzilla bankroll Stole some silly on Yo, I ain't got it all That means I'm barely home Trailblazer, stay ballin' with vengeance My odds is crafty dogs Why y'all stuck on Laffy Taffy Wondering, yeah How did y'all niggas get past me? I've been doing this before Nines dropping nasty My waddles, I did them up Them bricks, I sent them up My raps, I bit them up For that, now stick them up Ten four, good buddy Tone got his money up Worth swinging, still back Your bitch looking for me What? Y'all staring at the angel with death Lying like a pants on fire, you burning up like David Correct. This is architect music, uh, verbal street opera, pop a tech man. Fluid got the projects booming indeed. I ran through the tunnel, terrorized speed. That's when I was still in the jungle, slinging that D. Before rap, I 
Double deuce in the jeans, my man Shank was on the floor with the muffalo. 